What's up world and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast Where hip-hop heads discuss hip-hop topics On this week's episode, we'll be exploring Whatever happened to hip-hop groups Why are they so rare these days? We'll also break down the best hip-hop producers from the year 1990 Best albums from the year 2002 And a few albums from that year that also disappointed us Then for our album Face-Off We'll be comparing Ghostface Killer's Supreme Clientele versus Jay-Z's Blueprint. And we'll discuss which one of those albums we were feeling a little bit more than the other. And then the crew will share what they've been bumping for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Yo, what's up, my brother? What's happening? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Just uh, just hanging in there, man. You, 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 how you doing in this heat wave? Did y'all get hit with it too? Oh yeah. I got you, got you. Nothing, a little water and some Coronas can't handle, though. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you, you, you sound like you're well prepared. <laughs> got to be. Unless yeah, I don't work outside no more, so that helps. Oh, that really helps. That really helps. I, I don't technically work outside, but I'm in and out of stores, you know, grocery stores all day. So it's like right, you out in it. I right, I'm out in it, like back and forth, back and forth. So yeah, it hits you. you get back in that car, man. It ain't no joke. Yeah, man. But uh, doesn't yeah. take long. Yeah, yeah, like you said, man. Ain't nothing a little, little water, a little beer, some ice cold, some ice cold brew cheese, and some air conditioning can. <laughs> can't fit it is it's got to be the right kind of beer that's why i specifically said corona because it ain't heavy it's It's not it's basically water it it, yeah it really is it really is another really good cheap beer man like um that i i stumbled upon just just by chance i saw it was really cheap so i was like man what the heck you know what i mean like if it's terrible like i ain't spending more than 3.99 on a six pack you ever seen this beer called ham's beer no H-A-M-M apostrophe S um, Great alternative to Corona Really? Yeah, and it's dirt cheap too It's dirt cheap So, yeah, if you see it, man Yeah, I got, got the bucks to spare I didn't think you could go eat any more watered down than Corona Well, I wouldn't call it watered down It's, it's definitely got a it's, it's definitely a cheaper beer When you taste it, you can tell that it's cheaper you kind of okay. get that that corn syrup like overlay to it, but like, yeah. but it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's actually pretty refreshing. Cool. And um, and PPR PPR is. I, I know that gets knocked as the hipsters beer, but like, it's Whoa. it's not it's not bad. It's got a nice little malty that that maltiness that you expect out of beer that you don't get with like the Bud Lights and the and the Miller Lights and all those. I never liked PPR. I mean, it's nothing to write home about. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's a it's a sufficient cheap beer. Sure, sure. If you only got four or five bucks to spend on a six pack, it'll do. It'll do in a pinch. I guess you're right. I never 
I never thought of it that way. And I guess I've not been in that situation either where I ain't got 10 bucks and need a six pack at the same time. <laughs> that's because that's cause you're making that Tyler Perry villain money. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I just, I keep a fresh stock, I suppose. So I'm, I'm usually not running low. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Very well then, man. Very well. I, um, I just got tired of spending like 11 bucks for like a, a make your own six pack of IPAs, man. That's real. You know, I, I love IPAs, you know, but after a while, it's like, oh my God. They're all the same. Well, there, there's variations. There's, there's variations here and there, especially when you start getting into like the, the tangerine flavor ones and the grapefruit flavor ones. But like, you know, it's just the, the amount of money I was spending and the kickback I was getting from them. You know, alcohol-wise, it just to me it started to become not not worth the money. I got you. And I'm like, I'm like, man, what's this? What's this? What's this? Ham's talking about? What's this? PBR talking about? I ain't mad at that. I need to uh, actually probably should stock up on those for the for the guests without uh, discerning taste buds who like to drink up all the good stuff because they know the name <laughs> but can't tell the difference one from the other. Oh man, dude! I've been, been there, done that, man. Where y'all, where y'all, Great Goose at? <laughs> you got any Great Goose? No I sure do. I got, I got the Great Goose bottle for you. Right, with, with Fleischmann's in it. <laughs> Believe that. Believe that. Put some, put some Papaw in there. <laughs> <laughs> hit you with some paint then and some lemon juice, Jack. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, man. I heard that. So we, um. I don't know. We might have a skeleton crew tonight. I know Rodney said he could make it uh, tonight. Uh, he sends his regards. Zach is in. Zach and Reggie are actually in Barbados. That's dope. Oh yeah, I doubt they'll be joining. Um, no, no, I, I should hope not. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I didn't even bother sending them a link. So right. <laughs> um, and then of course Jerome, Greg, and Dave are still question marks. So we'll we'll see what happens. But. I feel that we have enough material here today to kind of kind of hold it down with the two of us. I'm here for it. So, um, man, first thing, man. Um, oh, first of all, man, shout out to y'all's new episode y'all just dropped of uh, Views from the Back of the Class. That is Jamil's uh, other podcast that he does with his co-host Josh, and they discuss a lot of nerd culture <clears throat> and, you know, developments and the comic book world and movies and all of that. Y'all did, y'all did a really good episode with Greg, by the way, uh, most recently. Appreciate um, it. And you all kind of touched on, you guys got to kind of touched on recasting of characters who are traditionally a certain race. Yeah. Not because not because it calls for it, that character, just because it's just the way it's been. So for our news nuggets, man, did you hear the news about the new 007? I did. I did. So the new 007 is going to be a black female. Um, so what are your thoughts? What are your initial thoughts? Um, I thought it was kind of unusual because of the big controversy behind Idris Elba being yeah. James Bond. And then they turn around and do this. So it, it kind of feels like placating in, in some ways. Um, but something that was pointed out to me that it never it didn't even click. I think the problem was, and of course, this is what they're going to say. But the problem was, you know, with Idris, he would have been playing James Bond. And in this case, Lashana Lynch will be playing 
007 like as a title so it's a new a new character altogether right right it's just kind of like just a progression of the James Bond storyline which tells me that he's he's gonna get offed pretty early on in the movie you think so I do I thought they were just gonna do some like semi-retirement stuff like I mean didn't he retire or wasn't it like alluded to and um I'm about to say Sicario. That was certainly not the name of that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Spectre. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was kind of like laying low and he was leading people to believe that he was dead when he was in fact just retired. Right. Um, and um, yeah, that was that was part of it. That was part of it. Um, you know, with, with for me, like I don't know if it's so much placating. It feels like double doubling down. How so? Because because all, all of the, the the flack for even talking about casting interest Elba, and then they was just like, oh yeah, that's how y'all feel. Well, the new Bond, he gonna it, they, it's gonna be black and a woman. You know what I mean? It felt like I'm like, how, oh, do, we, how do we get doubling here? down? I got you. I got you. Yeah, I yeah. misunderstood what you. Oh, meant. okay, okay. Y- yeah, it was like, how do how do we get here? Because. Yeah, yeah, they people talk so much crap about Idris Elba, you know, that possibility. And um Which made know. perfect sense to me to be honest. Yeah, he's he's British. Right. Know. Action dude, he can be suave. He got a little bit of snake in him from the string of bell days. <laughs> of course. And uh, is Avon Barksdale gonna show up? <laughs> I mean low key. I hate that Wood Harris gets typecast or got typecasted the way that he did. He's actually a really, really good actor. Yeah, he and is. it's just unfortunate that he only you only really get to see him play a thug. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, in, in whatever movie they put him in. Yeah, I mean he does it well. Like he he's got some iconic characters. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Avon is just is just one of many. I can't remember his name, the character's name, but he was a killer in uh literally in Above the Rim. Yes, he was. Yeah, I can't remember the name either, man. It's a dang shame what happened to Flip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, but soldier. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it it felt like to me it felt like just doubling down, which. You know, I, I I I don't care, man. Just give me a good, well-written character and a That's well-written it. story, That's and it. I'm here for it. Like I don't, I don't, you know, I I don't see this as them, you know, defiling something holy or something. I, I you know, what I have people see it, you know, with a, with a black female bond. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all I'm all for it, man. Just just show me what you got, you know. Right. Like, let the audience be the judge, like. You know, with it with the Idris Elba thing, no, I just I, I I thought that would have been great, not just from a you know from a progressive standpoint, but also from a money standpoint. It's like you gonna yeah. put in a lot of a lot of cats who don't traditionally go see Bond movies. Exactly, and and the ladies were gonna show up for sure. Exactly, no matter what color they were. Right. So you know, I, I think that was a you know kind of a missed opportunity cash wise but yeah but I also didn't want to see like I didn't want to see like a Bond character that was like you know I don't know if they were going to like do this in the in the film but like a Bond character that like people are like condescending to like 
Oh, you know I, that's I, what would have happened. It would have it would have been a different situation. Right, right. He'd be in a casino, and he'd be, how how do how do you know how to play back a rat? You know. <laughs> but to be fair, that that's probably what would happen, and they wouldn't say it to him directly, but they'd say it about him because that's how the British are. Right there much too refined and polite to be you know to have a, a face-to-face altercation but they will certainly turn their noses up and have that question either lingering in the air or they'll discuss it among themselves like true proper brits <laughs> exactly exactly yeah yeah um also in our news nuggets man we got um did you hear Donald Trump say he was going to personally vouch for ASAP Rocky to get him um, sprung from the Swedish jail? That's hilarious. I did not hear that. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he's 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 gone on the record saying he'll personally vouch for ASAP Rocky. <laughs> this is hilarious, man. Imagine if he actually does it. Like if he actually is successful at it. Like, can you imagine like the bad position? I mean, he's kind of already been in a bad position from previous comments, but like, right, right. man, like, like he's gonna have a lot of, a lot of interviews to do some explaining, like, <laughs> like, um, but you know what? I really don't think that's gonna be the case. I don't, I don't think that his actual fans are gonna care. You're probably right. You're probably right. It'll be a bunch of people. You know, oh, his like us is looking at him sideways, but the people that really rock with him, I can't see that them dissuading them one way or the other. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're probably right. You're probably if right. anything, that galvanizes that fan base because that man was treated so <laughs> so poorly, free right. ASAP and all that. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. That that would be. Can, can you imagine like like Trump leveraging that? Like I'm down, I'm down with the hip hop community. I'm down with the blacks. <laughs> oh, you know he will. You know he will. You know he will. Especially you know if anybody. I guess they don't do that anymore. I was gonna say if any of the you know black politicians or presidential uh, candidates try to disperse the hip hop community, but I don't think that that happens so much anymore. Because the hip hop community has grown now, like they are, yeah. they are definitely of that generation. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it's rap has grown up, and like there are a lot of people part of the hip hop generation that are you know responsible yeah, voters now. So yep. you know it is lawmakers for real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Also, too, man, in our news nuggets, this doesn't come as a shocker. Uh, did you hear? Prize is broke. Really? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> oh, from that, uh, what was that, that web venture that he was putting out? Fracture, I wasn't Fracture, or something. Some website that he was, it's like a, a black social media site that he had invested in earlier this year. A black social media site? Yeah, it was... Well, like an updated version of Black Planet, like what, what, essentially, or or more like Black LinkedIn or something like that. It was an interesting concept. I I remember uh, seeing like an ad. It might have been during the Super Bowl, and nothing huh. ever came of it. Oh wow! Now I know why. Prize, <laughs> <laughs> prize, jinxed it. <laughs> Apparently, like I. I, I 
all of this came out with him being broke because like I guess he was getting hit with a paternity suit or not not a paternity suit but like you know back payments and child support they were like requesting like forty eight hundred dollars a month from him and um you know he his lawyer said he can't pay it because like, I ain't got it this is a direct quote he has no income right now ah that's actually a pretty brilliant way of wording that because by him saying I have no income right now don't necessarily mean you broke just mean I ain't got no job yeah yeah you know I, I don't know what he's doing these days but like you know I'm, I'm assuming he's doing something to put food on the table but it's certainly not no like 90s rap money you know nah, nah that that ran out a long time ago you ain't cashing no more scores checks <laughs> Ain't like the Fuji's yeah. touring oh. or nothing either, so. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Get get all superstar royalties. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure every time like Bullworth comes on TV, he might get a little residual check. <laughs> right, get a little seventeen dollar check in the mail, you know. Keep the cable on for that month, right. <laughs> or get your net get your Netflix paid. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, man. That's too bad for him, though, man. It's just like, yeah, yeah. He, he really, he really needed the food to do that reunion tour, right? It's like, can y'all get it together? Like, like for real, for real. Yeah, if I was him, I, I'd be pretty salty. Huh? Speaking of ghetto superstar, so apparently Maya is going to be on this TV show with Lil Kim, where they're on the boat. I saw the preview of that. I saw yeah. the preview of that. I come on, Maya. What are you doing? I don't care. Is Maya on the boat? Which means she's gonna be in swim attire. I'm here for it. I mean, I'm here for it too. Don't get me wrong. But why? Why? why I, I, you need to piggyback off Little Kim. Yes. What else you doing? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I. We ain't seen Maya in ten years. But she's not washed. Like, like she hasn't. She hasn't dropped any real material. But I wouldn't say she's washed. Like Maya. With the right production and you know songwriting, I think I think she can mount a decent comeback. She's not she's not like all bizarre looking from plastic surgery. She's not like you know drugged out and right lost half her brains from all the partying and and coke. You know celebrities do in during a heyday. Right. You know she's pretty. um, You know she seemed to have it together a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know she's she's scandal free. You know, yeah. Um, why not? You know what I mean? Why not? Why couldn't she do a comeback? But no, that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I remember seeing a preview for that and just thinking like, yeah, what are you what are you doing, Maya? How the how the mighty have fallen? I had a completely different outlook on that. <laughs> I see. I, like, I, like, I saw this wild wild cat lady looking little Kim, and she had the homies with her. I was like, oh. That's Maya. I may have to tune in. Yeah, yeah, man. I was I was a freshman, man. I had the hugest crush on Maya. Yeah, man. I remember actually yeah. buying her album and regretting it, but <laughs> but you bought it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I wanted to support. Right. I don't know what I was thinking. You, you were thinking she would personally come to your house and thank you. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I fooled myself into thinking with that one. She had a couple bangers on there, but there was no reason to purchase that album. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I had the hugest crush on her, man. 
that's what we need to do one night rap crushes hip-hop crushes uh yeah music crushes yeah i'm here for it that'd be an interesting conversation absolutely all right man so we're gonna dive into our first subject slash topic for the evening man whatever happened to the hip-hop group over the past few years more you can pretty much say past 10 years we've pretty much only seen like one real group in hip-hop kind of like make a dance uh that being the migos if i'm missing any feel free to just blurt them out but um what do you think of that what do you think about the the extinction of the rap group you know back in the 90s you know it was all about crew love you know what i mean like you had you had honestly it felt like you had more groups than you did solo acts you did i would say Uh, at least at the top yeah at the top definitely um you know what even even like mc and dj pairings like gangstar or p-rock and cl smooth or mob deep uh you, you had a lot of those as well um what's your what's in your opinion what's your hypothesis as to why the game is kind of went in a, in a more solo centric direction um wu-tang killed the hip-hop group and what i mean by that is um rizza kind of cracked the code on the business model on how you can get you know you get your money as a as a group but you got to split all of that right it's one deal but however many people are in the group you're splitting that up and i think from there you started to see everybody having solo deals and solo albums and you know the world would come together as a collective sometimes but really you know after like wu-tang forever it was it was mostly you know people doing a solo work um and from there i think you know the hip-hop group just because of greed more than anything else kind of broke that whole thing up they're like wait so if we could get uh you know all solo deals then i ain't gotta split this with with y'all at all you know we still crew we still cool but I, I, i gotta eat Right, right. Did you did you see that that documentary, uh, Mike's and Men? I still haven't seen it. Oh man, why watch it when you get a chance? But that that was an eye opening documentary. Like I'm thinking, you know, I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, like, yeah, they 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 gotta divide up their money nine ways. It's probably kind of hard. But when you get deeper into the documentary, dude, they were they it was more like they were splitting that money like fifteen, sixteen ways. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't like equal shares either. You no, know, it was like that much I did know. You know, so when you when you get into like a pay structure like that, you can easily see why people get kind of disgruntled and you know, it's like, man, I got a solo, I'm ready to go, but so and so don't want to release it and blah blah blah. I, I can see how people can get a little irritated in a in a in a situation like that. But so, so you think you think the dissolution of groups was is more of an economic thing? Yes, I'm sure there's some ego involved in some cases, but I really do think it's just simple, you know, splitting of the pie versus taking the whole thing for myself. Right, right. Um, do you think? It, it, you know, I have no evidence to this. This is just my theory. 
do you think do you think in, in the in the in the old age and like like the early nineties, late eighties or whatever, with hip hop being so new, do you think people have more of a like strength in numbers type mentality? Like like man, I might not know that much about the business. I just wanna focus on the music. So I'm gonna pair up with someone who knows a little bit more about the business than I do. And you know, we could be in a group together and he could look out after this and I could do this and blah blah blah. Do you think that had anything to do with it? I think that may have been the case in some instances. Um, but others, I think it was just a matter of, you know, I, I rap, you rap. We we boys, we're going to do this thing together. You know, I rap and, and you know, we kind of an iron sharpest iron thing. And plus, at the time, you know, the group was the thing, right? Everybody had a click. And that was that was the wave at the moment so I, I think it was more it was the thing to do more than you know hooking up with somebody with a high business acumen now certainly in some cases I would say that that was the case like NWA comes to mind we yeah, and DMD. yes so it was like that That makes sense and then in some ways I would say the Woo was the same way I mean they were it's a little I think you know Rizzo was the one with the the business the business vision that kind of helped pull the whole thing together. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Him, him, and a, and a couple other cats. Yeah, that that could be it. You know, you brought up NWA. I, I do know Easy was kind of like the one who was kind of like funding everything, buying the studio time, the studio equipment, right. shopping the deals. So you know, you get a cat that's kind of like, oh, I just want to focus on the music. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't really have a, you know, the stomach to deal with the business side of it. Like, right? They'll, they'll easily link up. But then with another cat who's more business minded, but then that, that's, that's privy to its own, you know, issues. Later sure. Down the road, down the road. Sure. You know, once you start diving into contracts and all of that, and that's how you get got. Right. Right. Who owns what? Now I have another theory. I also have no, no, no evidence of. <laughs> um. I really do think that the absence of hip hop groups is also a result of a more uh, narcissistic and uh, self-absorbed mindset that people have just developed over the years. Okay. And I'm not I'm not blaming social media, but when you look at social media, you know it's all about me. Look at look at the picture of me and where I'm at. Look at this picture of me and what I'm eating. Look at this picture of me doing blah blah blah. Right. And I do think that's kind of leaked into, you know, the, 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 the attitude with music. You know, forget what everybody else is doing or what gifts they might have. It's all about me. Right. You know, in, adi- in addition to, in addition to the, the, you know, the solo economics of it versus, you know, splitting the money up with other people. But those things can be tied together. I think those concepts are very much tied together. Because why else would you only be considered a, you know, what what your pockets are doing if not for a level of narcissism i deserve this yeah 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 you're right you're right you know and it's it's not based on any type of proven talent like you take an artist like um you take an artist like let's 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 go with little wayne you know i i've, I've voiced my issues with little wayne in the past whatever i i you know i don't feel he's just through a through and through terrible artist but he you know he's not my cup of tea he's not for me but 
if Little Wayne was in a group with other MCs who are, you know, slightly more talented or just bring something different to the table, I do think he would be a lot more tolerable. Yeah. You know, and it's like a lot of a lot of these artists, man, I just just speaking for myself, I just don't I, I can't see myself listening to 50, 60 minutes of just them. You know, it's, if that makes any sense, you, it you does. Kind of it see does. where I'm getting at. Yes, yeah. You know, some people like, need the group to to make it work. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 the Migos. You know, now now yeah, they as a collective kind of work. Exactly. You know, like now their music, like I, I don't I don't rock with it either. You know, at all. But I see why some people do. Yeah. You know, especially of the, of the newer generation. You know, so so I, I definitely get it. But it's just, um, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's kind of sad that we don't have that anymore. You know, I, I, I see a lot of, I think hip-hop's gone in a direction where you're going to see a lot of, uh, like, like one project. You know what I mean? One project, one-offs. Yep. You know, where, you know, a, a group of MCs or an MC and a producer, they'll get together, knock out one project, see, see where it goes. And then, you know, they, they go back to being solo. We see, right. we see a lot of that. But we don't see a lot of groups forming or, or a lot of groups coming into the game, you know, already formed. Um, mm-hmm. do, do, now, let me ask you this. Would you want to see more groups in hip hop? I would. Okay. I, I always enjoy the group dynamic. Like, I like posse cuts. Um, there's something that you can get out of, you know, two or more MCs, especially if they all are high caliber. They bring stuff out of each other that just makes the music better, in my opinion. I think when you have creative minds in any space, not just musically, but if you have, you know, truly talented people all focusing their efforts toward the same thing and working collaboratively, even somewhat competitively, but within the framework of making this project good, it it makes whatever this thing that you're working on that much better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I forgot to mention one more group. I don't know how I forgot them. The Run of Jewels. Yeah, can't forget them. I, I said the only group that has made a dent was the Migos, but I can't forget about Run the Jewels, even though they're more of an independent act. They are huge, so independent in name only. Like right. they doing they doing major numbers. Exactly, you're right. You're right. They're doing major numbers. So, yeah, yeah. Shout out to them for for you know holding <laughs> holding down for the culture. Man, I had another thought on, on these groups, man. It, it, it left my brain just that quick. Um, well, I will say this. Runner Jewels, just having them come up, uh, and this this might be a conversation for another day. Are they, uh, do they have the greatest catalog of, like, a three, three album sequence? No. Like, first three albums? Obviously not, right? Outcast still exists. You, you got you got Outcast and you got Tribe, and to some degree De La Soul. But I would, I only I, bring, I only say that. I only the balloon mind state wasn't that strong to me. But that's the point. It's a it's a it's a conversation to be had. That's all. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I can't. I couldn't just offhand dismiss the work that they have put in. Like right, especially right. to have been just kind of formed, like they got a strong three album debut. 
Yeah, yeah, it's pretty bulletproof, man. It's pretty bulletproof. Like you can't even front on them. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what they might end up doing in the future. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what I was about to say about the group. Uh, you were talking about how the, the competitive like spirit within a group brings the best out of each other. Um, now I know you've kind of you 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 you've dabbled with, with the bars yourself in the in the studio. Yes, indeed. Um, have you noticed a difference when being in the studio solo versus being in a studio with another MC that you respect? Yes. I'm a competitive person by nature anyway. Um, and I even find myself competing with with other people I respect from afar. Like they don't even they may not even know it. And I'm in competition with people just because I want to be the best I can be anyway. So if I if I write something that I think is fire. And then I hear, let's say I'll use you as the example. Let's say I write something I thought was just super fire and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm about to put it down or whatever. Then I hear something that you put out. And I'm like, yo, that's dope. I, not to say that I would rewrite anything that I've done, but it, it definitely gets the, you know, competitive juices flowing. And I think that gets to be um, even more so when it's a direct thing like if it's a group thing this is just me in my own head you know and making improvements or, or seeing where I can improve just based on you know seeing a product put out that I respect if you are now in that environment it's, it's even more exaggerated I would say at least for me it has been no I, I, I totally get what you're saying like like yeah you might have 16 bars that you prepared but then you hear his 16 and you're like Man, let me pull out this other sixteen. I have this other song. Right, 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 <laughs> right. So I had to do something a little different. Like that, that, that line, that line he had right there was kind of John Blake. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I had to step his pen game up for a second. Let me get two shots in it. <laughs> what people already say, an hour in the pad in the pan. You mean? Right. Let me, let me let me do something real quick. Yeah. No, I've totally been there, man. Or or you might still spit the same verse, but you'll spit it differently. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you add a little oomph to it that you that you normally wouldn't have if that other person wasn't in there. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You're like, man, I, don't, I ain't trying to get outshine here. Like, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, yeah, I, I totally get that, man. I totally get that. All right. So, um, at this point, man, we're going to move right along to our next uh, topic, man. This is a new series I, I, I'm starting, man, called. Best producer of the year, uh, where we we go through some of the uh, releases and hits that have dropped in various years in hip hop, and we try to determine what producer uh, was the hottest producer that year. And I'm gonna try to go in chronological order and start off with the year 1990. Um, now, among some of the albums that dropped out, that, I'm sorry, that dropped in 1990, that Ice Cube's "America's Most Wanted," "Public Enemy," "Fear of a Black Planet." Uh, Tribe Dog Quest's first amp, first album, uh, People Who Think of Travels, Kooji Rap and DJ Polo, Wanted Dead or Alive, Eric B and Rakim, Let the Rhythm Hit Him, Gangstar Stepping to the Arena, EPMD, uh, Business as Usual, uh, X Clan, uh, BDP, Edutainment, K Solo, uh, Tell the World My Name, uh, a lot of, oh, I, mean, I can't forget about Sex Package by Digital Underground. Ice Cube's Killer Wheel came out that year as well. Um, now, the notable producers from that year would include 
uh, The Bomb Squad, Eric B, uh, DJ Premier, um, Dr. Dre, I think NWA's uh, 100 Miles and Running EP dropped that year, Eric Sermon and Q-Tip. From among those names, who would you say put in the most impactful work that year? That's tough. I I've been spending a lot of time thinking about that, you know, since you, you, you put the topic out and you just got, you know, certified classics out there. Um so I was like, all right, well, who had who had like the the singles that did the most traction, you know, that were dope. Then I was like, well, that may not be sufficient, right? Because there was a lot of stuff that was out there that was super dope that wasn't necessarily single worthy or, you know, didn't get airplay like that, but it was still crazy dope. So um, I'm just going to have to go with my first my first instinct because I, I have been going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth because I just I guess I didn't want to accept this as being the one, but I'm going to go with the bomb squad. <laughs> You know what? The Bomb Squad came close to getting the nod from me. Um, because their two albums that they produced that year was uh, America's Most Wanted and Fearful Black, Fear Black Planet. Bro, you can't, <laughs> you can't get which, much better than that. Which, in my opinion, Fear of a Black Planet is better than uh, It Takes a Nation of Millions. Mm. Interesting. In my opinion. In my opinion. Okay. It takes a nation of millions. It's 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 don't get me wrong, it's John Blaze, but I think they turned it up a notch a little bit on, on Fear of a Black Planet. I don't know that I disagree. It's it's a bold statement. I think I would have to listen to both of them back to back before I could say that. I can see um, where you could make the argument though. I just don't know if I'm ready to go there with you. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I'm looking at some of these other albums. Eric Sermon definitely put in work. But the person that I was actually going to give the nod to was Q-Tip. Okay. Reason being, um, okay, America's Most Wanted by Ice Cube and Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy. Great albums, okay? Great albums. But th- th- the sound of those albums became very dated very quick. Okay. Where you have Tribe and they're just when you look at their discography like do people like jazz and blues artists are still doing interpolations of those old tribe songs from that album like today yeah yeah you know as like you know tributes and odes and whatnot because the music was was so timeless and the the samples they used were like so saucy to this day you still got people doing tribute albums with songs including songs from that particular album so I don't know, man. Like I think I think Tribe stuff and by extension Q-Tip as their primary producer, he would get the nod from me. But I don't have a problem with Bomb Squad. I think um, you make a good point about the dated sound for Bomb Squad. It is definitely 1990, right? It it ain't if you put it on, it's because it's, it's for nostalgia, right? It's not like you could go get that sound from somebody now. And it's gonna work unless it's specifically like an ode to that that time period. Um, I can see where you're going with Tip with that one, and that's definitely a valid point with the longevity of it. But 
I think what made me go ahead and go with the bomb squad because because tip was definitely on my mind when I was going back and forth. Um, just the volume of it. It's just the sheer volume. It was one album versus two. Pretty much for everybody else. Right. Was, well, I guess Eric Sermon had a couple. Yeah, he had the K solo joint and he had uh EPMD. Yeah, the business as usual album. Yeah. But if it I mean coming down to those two, Eric Sermon versus the Bomb Squad, it was definitely Bomb Squad. It was same thing with Dre. Dre had the the NWA joint, but that was that wasn't very much. It wasn't enough to overcome two amazing albums. And I guess um you know, with uh, with Fear and uh, America's, I don't know. Are they are they classic albums because of the production or the or the MCs? I think it's both. a combination of the two that make yeah, them that make them classic. So, as much as I love uh, People's Instinctive and and you know Tip did his thing for sure, it just kind of came down to one versus two for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you you giving out the bomb squad? You said you put Eric Sermon or Tip it. No, no, no. I would give Tip second place. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. All right. So yeah, this is this is a this is a a segment we'll be revisiting throughout the coming episodes. Um, and of course, you know, we'll probably we'll probably I don't know. Let me know how you feel. Like we'll probably intersperse greatest MC of the year as well. I'm down for that. I'm down for that for sure. Um, because you look at let me go back here. You look at the the cast that was dropping, that was dropping that year, man. You got Q, Chuck D, Rakim was in the conversation. Grand Pooba, Guru, LL, KRS One, Hey Solo. Um, yeah, we we definitely need to do a, a, a MC of the year also because if for no other reason, uh, we get LL Cool J some more love. <laughs> so, <laughs> Somebody, are we not giving them love now? Like, well, <laughs> well, the reason what made me made me think that was uh, somebody posted something online about LL being the goat or whatever, and my immediate reaction to that was to turn my face up, and I was about to scold this person, and I realized like LL definitely, you know, had had his his time where he was the baddest dude on the planet. Yeah, but that time was fleeting. <laughs> very yeah, very fleeting. Like and like. Here's my other argument against that. LL has had a lot of battles, and he's only won like what one of them. Uh, I don't think he had a ton of back and forth with. Like a lot of the battles he had were kind of one sided. Like he definitely crushed Ice T. I don't even know if Ice T ever responded. I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, Hammer. I, it, I mean, it was the same song. He smashed both of them. The only real battles I remember with him were Kumo D, Cannabis. That's really about it that I can think of. I know there were more, like, you know, diss tracks coming from his way toward other rappers, but... Yeah, he went at it with Jay-Z back when, like, Jay-Z was an unknown. Okay. Um. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, you know, hey, if LL had tragically passed away and, like, 1992, 1993. <laughs> he'd be considered the greatest to do it. Fair enough. You know, he'd be considered the greatest to do it, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, 
But yeah, yeah, we, we stayed the game too long and released uh, <laughs> the goat and what was that other album? I want to say Exit Thirteen, but I feel like that's a movie, not an album. Album, album. So that album was Exit years. Thirteen. Yeah, it came years after the fact. The Exit Thirteen came out in like two thousand seven. I want to say. Yeah, I know it was later in his career, but all of those, all of those albums, like post. 14 shots to the dome was whack. I can't remember if that came out first with Mr. Smith. Anyway, we're getting a little bit off subject. I I think that uh, I think MC of the Year in the early 90s or at least will be able to give Mr. Smith some <laughs> some recognition. Because I, I realize I've been hard on him. We can give him some recognition, but I honestly don't know if he'd win that. I don't think so either, but I think he he'd get some uh, points in the conversation like he would come up kind of like what happened yeah, with Eric Sermon right now and Dre and producer of the year in 90 like there was no way that either of them were going to win but they certainly deserve mention because they put in work that year yeah yeah exactly exactly so yeah fair enough man fair enough alright man so we're going to dive right into our next we have a breakdown another uh, uh, yearly breakdown uh, this week we'll be hopping into DeLorean and going back to 2002. Um, I don't know what it was like for you, man. Uh, but a lot of I've heard from various hip hop heads that 2002 was one of the wackest years in hip hop that they can remember. Do you agree with that statement? I don't. I gotta be honest. I can't. I did not do the homework this week on that one because I I thought we were gonna do just the hip hop producers this week. Gimme No no oh, it's all good. My bad. It's all good. Give me a second and I will let you know. I can't remember very much coming out that year. I think there was like clips and No, this was definitely not one of the wackest years of hip hop. I mean there was some garbage that came out. Sure, but there was some there was some good good albums that came out this year. Yeah, I don't think it was one of nah, the wackest. Nah. Um I don't think it was one of the wackest. When, when I went back and I did the research Now I will say this though The reason some heads might consider it One of the wackest You had a lot of like independent um, Veterans and a lot of Like you know true school alumni Who did miss kind of They kind of showed that they, they You know lost the step uh, So to speak that year Personal opinion Because I think we If we talk about the same album that I'm thinking of Electric Circus well, it was from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's one of them. One I disagree. Of them. I still will go to bat for Electric Circus, and Phrenology probably is the other one you thinking of. Yeah, I had six. Okay. I had six out. Okay. That were that kind of fall under that category of like not so much whack, but just kind of disappointing. And, and and in hindsight, they weren't that disappointing. They just were a what far they had done before. I agree with that. So you had Common Electric Circus. Not bad. I enjoyed it, but it was a far cry from like Water for Chocolate. You had uh, The Roots Phrenology. You had Talib Kweli Quality. Yeah, that one wasn't great. Um, you had Royce the Five Nine Rock City. Uh, you had Buster Rhymes and Ain't Safe No More. Yeah. And you had you had Slum Village <laughs> Trinity. We're SV. <laughs> oh, 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 
Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was not great. Yeah, it wasn't. I wish we had Rodney. Rodney is the one. Rodney is the one. He can, he can do the voice the best. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, uh, real quick. So, yeah, but these, these albums weren't... I mean, I don't know. I still think Phrenology is one. It's probably their second weakest album. I thought Quality was like... Man, I just I was let down by that album. I I thought it ain't safe no more was was kind of booty. I I was even let down by by Rock City by Voice the Five Nine. I barely I just, remember Rock City. I remember the. I just expected so much more. I just respected so expected so much more. Yeah. Now, now here's the flip side to that coin from the year. You had a lot of like underground artists yep. who were newer. And we're like coming yep. into their own and, and becoming the new go-to guys for like, you know, hip hop heads like ourselves. Um, and I, I'll, I'll highlight their albums, but did you have your albums? Did you have any, did you have 10 albums you wanted to highlight? Yes, from I can do that. Um, okay. Hold on one second. Let me, let me grab my, grab my, my pencil here. I'm going to jot these down. All right, I'm sorry. Right, so some of these don't match up at all, but it's it's my list. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go well. with uh, I'm just gonna come right out the gate with this one. Missy Elliott under construction. Interesting. I love that album. Um, so that one will make my list. Obviously, Missy is nobody's top lyricist, but it's a good album. Really good album. Um. Also, I never know how to say his name, Leaf or Lif, but I Phantom, Mr. Oh, Lif, I Phantom. That was an amazing album. That's probably that probably that might be my number one for the year, actually. Um, we'll, we'll Electric we'll Circus, <laughs> uh, The Fix, okay. Scarface, uh, Blazing Arrow, Black Delicious. Godson, Nas, Lost Tapes, Nas. <clears throat> what does that give me? Six. That is. Yeah. Lost Tapes. That is. Seven. seven. Okay. Um. Uh, Lord Willing. I actually got. Uh, I, I got a lot of burn with the Eminem show, but that one did not. That one did not last long. Um, <laughs> CeeLo Green is Perfect Imperfections. Oh wow! Yeah, I still I still get that one a lot of spin. Uh, where are we at? Eight, nine. You're so eight, I got nine. one more. I like the Cage album, but it got really weird. Man, man, I'm with you on that one, man. It has yeah, bangers on there, but like. He went a little too deep in the PC yeah. world for me. I can't put it on the list just because it was. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it definitely gets that. Um, I guess I'm gonna go with peop- yeah, people movie, under the movie stairs. For the blind, the OST. Oh, OST. Okay. Original soundtrack. Good pick, man. Good pick. Oh man. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that cage was bananas, man. That cage. Yeah, he was a uh, like. I understand why Eminem used to always throw shots at him because they were. Very similar MCs. They were. What's going on, Dave? What up, what up, fellas? Dave, what up? What's good, man? What's good? 
All right. So real, real, real quick, we're, we're going over our, our best albums from 2002, and Jamil just got through his. Now, real quick, the um, the OST by People Under the Stairs, man, that was a very smooth album, man. I like, like it almost, almost made my list. It did not because I got on the People Under the Stairs kind of late, and um, I was just bumping other stuff around this time. Um, yeah, you remember that cat Echo? Echo. Back in the day, maybe maybe you really really wasn't rolling in them circles. Dave, you might remember him more. Yeah, I remember. Okay, yeah, he uh he went on to Hollywood, man, got himself a little modest acting career right now. But he used to always always try to put me on the people under the stairs. But at the time, I was bumping little brother, so like I put him on a little brother, and he put me on the people under the stairs. You know, we just would trade stuff back and forth. But that's how I got put on it now. But it it was kind of late. But Missy Under Construction, that's that's an interesting pick uh, for your top 10. And then um, Mr. Lift, I Phantom. Like, that album, like, changed the way I, like, saw the world. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, that one might have been the, the best album that year. I think, and I apologize to, to the people. I feel like I'm, I'm not giving y'all my best work this week. I apologize, but... Uh... Yeah, if I think I had, had a little more time, I'd have, I'd have had a more cohesive list. Nah, that man, album you... there, spoiler alert, that is a, a must must listen to hip hop album, underground album, if you have not. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's and it's not a long listen either. It's it's a it's a concept album. It's a, but it's a high concept album. Like mm-hmm. it, it breaks down. It's only like forty five minutes long. I think too. Like not very long. But it like it kind of breaks down like you know where we how we progress through certain stages of adulthood, early adulthood to mid adulthood to like you know midlife crisis, you know stage and how bad decisions and you know influence us and you know how we get so programmed by the by the world around us and. We don't, you know, we never end up truly living, and then we look up and it's too late. And we didn't brought on the so rap, yeah. You know, but very, very interesting album, man. Especially the first and third acts of that album. You know, when a dude is in college and trying to, you know, find yeah. himself, and then towards the end, after he's made all these decisions, he kind of regrets and how you know the world is is has changed now. Oh, and the cut, and- the cut where where the Earth was talking. Or Mother Nature was talking to technology. That was so dope. Just oh, the concept man. behind it was was super dope. Man. It kind of made me think about um, that old Outcast song, Synthesizer. Yeah, except on. except it was more. We got a special guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and somebody <laughs> not doing their job, and I'm sorry about that, fellas. That's uh, <laughs> no, it's all good, man. It's my, That's... my nephew. That's American Gods. That's the that's the kind of the thought behind that that book. Well, now it's a show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I keep meaning to check that show out. I, I never, I never got a chance to. But um, but yeah, Jamil, that's that's yeah, that's a dope pick right there. Like, and then you also had Blazing Arrow. Any any particular reason other than it just being dope? Um, at the time. I'm like that was that was my introduction to Black Alicious and I was uh, you know this was the the beginning of the crunk era so I was my my go to outlet to find music was um, OK Player 
And um, I just remember getting that uh, getting that introduction to to Black Alicious from that. Like they, it was a bunch of artists that they were rocking with at the time, and that was the only one that I wasn't familiar with. Mm. So get this, I had that album on mini disc. Oh, what? I don't even know if people remember that technology. Nah, it came, it, it came and went real quick. Came and went. Came and went. <laughs> but yeah, that was. Uh, it's always going. I guess I'm always going to have a soft spot for the album, and not even that. Like it was dope, but not in any like super standout way. You know what I mean? It was just good, good production, solid lyrics. But I think it's more the nostalgia factor for me. Um, and truth be told, though 2002 was not the wackest, it it had its fair share of boo boo. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. where that's where Blazing Arrow comes in for me. It was just just a dope listen. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah, like I listened. I was bumming that album about two, three months ago, and like it, it ages pretty well. Like it's it's it still sounds fresh to this day. I, I did kind of like their first album slightly better, but going back, um, the name of the album was Nia. But going back, listening to Blazing Arrow, man, it still holds up today, man. The, the production on there was like amazingly fresh, and you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't they they didn't make conventional sounding hip hop. They had some tracks like that, but they. They were one of those groups. They took a lot of chances, and it paid yeah, off. Yeah, it was it was musical, not just you know rapidly, rapidly rap. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, shout out to them, man. But good list, man. Good list. So, Dave, man, I, I don't know if you did the homework for for this week, man. We were reviewing the best and a couple of disappointing albums from 2002, man. Did you have ten albums from that year that you were really, really rocking with? I, I did the homework, but I didn't. I didn't bring it with me. A dog ate my homework. Uh, <laughs> we got once we like once once Anchor lets you do the dual screen, I'll be good to go. But I can't close the app and pull up something else. Oh, I see, I see. So, okay, I don't, yeah, it's I don't been. It's been real the show. Okay, okay, it's been bugging on me too. It's been bugging on me too. Okay, okay. So for me, man, like you know, honorable mention, man. I had Common Electric Circus. I had Cannabis, uh, My Club, The Curriculum. I love that album when it first came out. Um, I don't bump it so much now. I say, talk about an album that did not age well. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I, I was a Cannabis head, man. I, I just... Ain't that the one that had um, uh, Stan Lives on it? No, 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 no. You're thinking about, you're thinking about see True Hollywood Stories. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, that was a... I don't know what he was thinking when he did that, man. Like, um, but moving on, moving on. I also had, <laughs> I also had RJD two Dead Ringer. Um, okay, I was really that's getting into that's in, a solid choice. Yeah, I was really getting into instrumentals around that time, and it wasn't a full instrumental album. It did have like four or five actual hip hop cuts on there that were that were pretty dope. But going into my top ten list, man, at ten I got LP Fantastic Damage. Which is funny because I I knew you wasn't really into company flow like that and, and what LP was doing. I guess I by that time I wasn't until this year. This was okay. the album that broke through to me. That makes sense. This was the album that broke through to me because, like, you know, I was looking at a lot of the subject matter he was tackling, like the breakdown of the family and you know America's need to go to war and all this other stuff. And it's like, okay, I like what he's saying, so I'll tolerate the beats. To, to, to hear him out <laughs> and like 
you know, it ended up being a pretty, pretty dope listen. Like, I really got into his style of production after a while. Um, number nine, I got Jurassic Five Power Numbers. Um, I think that is their best album to date. Um, if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Number eight, I got Apple. What was that? Uh, Power Numbers? Yeah, Power Numbers. How did I forget that one? Yeah, that's, that's a great that's, album. Yeah, the, the, the production on there was amazing. Um, yes. They really let they really let Charlie Tuna uh, shine on that one, bro. That uh, <laughs> what was it? I can't remember if that was the first track or not. It was somewhere at the beginning of the album though. What uh, the, the track was about death. I can't remember his name. I think is what it's called. You said it was called what again? I think it's called. I can't remember his name. Uh, hold on one second. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, power numbers. The name of the track. Oh, freedom. No, not freedom. That was dope too. No, no. I think it's called. Um, remember the name or remember his name. Yeah, if you only knew. Break, react. Oh, remember his name. Remember his name. Okay. Okay. Man, I'm have to go back and check that one out. I don't even remember. Yeah, that one was crazy. I just remember the production on that being insane. Yes, it was. But uh okay, okay. But yeah, number nine I had Jurassic Five Power Numbers. Number eight, I had Atmosphere, God Loves Ugly. Kind of a one of them weirder, more emo underground albums, but the production on there was like just neck snappingly hard. Number seven, I got Mr. Lift, I Phantom. Um Man. I kinda of feel bad for putting it so low. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> Um, number six, I had nonfiction. The future is now. They were kind of like this underground group out of New York that was just—they was just all about hard beats and disrespectful lyrics and talking crap about the government. And, you know, the stuff that was right up my alley. Yes, man, look at right up my alley. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, number five, I have Jizzle, uh Legend of the Liquid Swords. Yeah. Um, that is a great album, man. That is a great album. Underrated too. Yeah, very underrated. Number four, I got Eminem, the Eminem show. Um, number three, I got Black Alicia's Blazing Arrow. Number two, I got DJ Jazzy Jeff, The Magnificent. Man, I forgot that came out in two thousand two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, number one, uh, J Live, all of the above. That's your number one, huh? That was my number one, man. That that to me, I don't know. To me, that was the best album of that year. Like, I was kind of going back and forth between that, the Jazzy Jeff, and the uh, and the Black Alicious. Okay, but the J Live man, that that album, there's nothing bad I can say about it, man. He like he was like the perfect mix of like, you know, b boy arrogance and battle rhymes with like. Five percent theology and like conscious rhymes and social issues, and he wasn't just a rapidy rap rapper. He knew how to. He would just flip his rhymes in a way that just kept you entertained and kept you engaged with that with the entire album, like you know, beginning to end. Yeah, yeah. He like, crafts like, songs really well, and not he just, really does, man. Not just you know bars, bars, bars. Like yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say anyone who who's who wants to get into like you know, rhyme writing, man, spend some time with that album, J Live yeah, above, man. You might learn something. <laughs> might learn something, kid. Right. <laughs> so, 
now to you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> we we had talked man. earlier. We had talked earlier about some disappointing albums, like the Royce the Five Nine, the Salib Kweli, the Roots, um, the Slum Village. Um, what, what Roots album came out? Phrenology. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was. I mean, I don't know. It, it was. It, it was weird. It was different. It was different. I, I, I don't think it was whack. I wouldn't call it whack, though. I guess, yeah, I guess you would call it disappointing, though. You expect, I like it. You expect a certain level from the roots, but I, 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 I that still got a lot of spins. In, yeah. My car. Like, I, didn't, I mean, it, it's, it's a couple tracks that I didn't really rock with, but yeah. it was overall, I still think it was a solid album. The, the only song that I, like, objectively did not like was Break You Off. Yeah. Yeah. And even that, then, Break You Off was dope. When I heard the original, like if they could have got D'Angelo on the album instead of using Soul Child, that song would have been a, a lot better because yeah. his version was it, it's something about his voice on the hook versus music that makes that song that much better. It seemed like a it seemed like a like a forced commercial song. Like they they needed something for the radio. Yeah, yeah. So they they kind of they kind of glued that together. The whole album apparently was that way, though. I guess um, it was not intended to be a Roots album, like the beats and the and the subject matter and stuff. Mm. It was supposed to be a Black Thought solo album. And I had heard that. I remember hearing that, but they scrapped the idea for some reason. Yeah, because they needed to get um, one more album out to get up on, get from under the deal. Okay. So they scrapped the the solo album and just you know the sessions that were already done. Um, they just kind of freaked a few things and, and put it out as a roots album. Hmm. I see, I see. Okay, because I, I yeah, because remember Masterpiece Theater was supposed to drop around this time by Black right. Cross, and right. it just all of a sudden Never like, no one was talking about it anymore. You know, because because Rozell, both Rozell and Scratch, who were part of the Roots, had solo albums that dropped. Yep, and yeah. like everybody was kind of like waiting on the Black Thought, and then like. Yeah, never happened. Dropped. And but you, yeah, but you're right. That that break you off song was that was a record label decision. Obviously, that was crazy. That's crazy. But now that you like, but, once you once you hear that, at least for me, when I heard that that was the case, it makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because yeah. yeah, it didn't sound. It didn't sound like a, a lot of tracks. In it didn't sound like they were made by a band. It sounded right. like they used a lot of samples. So right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. And the experimentation, it kind of speaks to a solo a solo outing. Like when you're doing something so different from what you typically would. Right. Right, right. All right, man. We're going to move right along to our next uh, topic. Uh, since we got Dave in the house, I was going to go ahead and throw this in here, man. For our album face-off, man, this, this week. We got Ghostface Killer, Supreme Clientele, going up against Jay Z's The Blueprint. <laughs> Sorry. We got, we got, I, we got, I, sound like we got some classroom activity going on. Bro, bro, I'm about to act turn to everybody. Like, <laughs> oh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> nah, but shut the mic off before you do. Oh, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be off wax, but like, listen, <laughs> I, I am recording. Why is there another person in the space? <laughs> Jamil gonna pick up some cake. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, now, I asked you nicely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, 
that's, that's that was a good face off though, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of two albums that were worthy to go head to head with each other, and like these two kind of just just popped up, man. And like I get a floor to y'all, man. Which which between the two of these albums, man? Which one did y'all were y'all feeling feeling a little more? And which one y'all thought was more John Blaze? I I, I was Jay Z. Um, I feel like I feel like that. that the blueprint was Jay Z's kind of that. That was his. I want to say turning point. It was. Uh, that was the. That was the re- beginning of the more mature Jay Z. Yeah. That see yeah. Now. Like I mean, the, from from the production to the subject matter to the bars, like everything he did on that level jumped up. Like he, I think he took being a solo artist to another level like not 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 solo art because he never was in the group but he kind of was doing like these dynasty joints and, and yeah kind of force feeding uh just blaze and like the rockefeller thing and i feel like the blueprint album he put out was him like showcasing him like he he, he really put some effort into picking beats and, and like the, the stable of producers he had i feel like he put a lot of time into the beat selection and then like the songs he made he crafted on that album like everything was perfect like that's that's one of the few Jay-Z albums like and I, I'm a I'm a big Jay-Z fan and I feel like that was one of the few you can play through without skipping songs like mm-hmm. to I think that's his best album like I, I, people say Reasonable Doubt and that's fine I, I got my own issues with people saying Reasonable Doubt was his best album because most niggas didn't hear Reasonable Doubt till after Volume Two, but uh, yeah, I think Blueprint was definitely his best. I I, I had to agree, man. Like that was that was Jay Z finding out what his bag is and getting in that one. yeah, he did everything right on that album. Even even his radio joints was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sure were. They sure were. Um, first album of his that had like soul to it if that makes sense no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right this this don't even feel like a hip-hop album it feels like a blues album yeah you know we're rapping on it yeah it's highly emotional a lot of yeah that's the he put he put a lot of heart into that album and then I, i feel like the beat selection was just primo man you got timberland just blaze kanye like the, the beats he picked for that album were perfect. Yes, that never changed, bro. <laughs> like, like the soul in that sample, man. Yes, that song could have been called "Song Cry." Yeah, which was and, another and one that was. <laughs> and, and don't forget, man. Don't forget, he only had one guest MC, which was Eminem. Right, he probably shouldn't have had Eminem either. But but he, it, it it was it was the guest appearance that worked. I, I, overall, it, it, it was one that worked, and I was glad that he did it or that that they did it. <clears throat> I'm glad too because it gave us a, a hotline from Nas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I, I I like the album for more for what it wasn't than what it was. If that okay. makes any sense. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I got you completely. What you said. Yep. It, it, he wasn't catering to any particular right. radio play. He didn't try to force a bunch of, you know, Rockefeller signees right. on us. Like, right. like y'all, y'all, y'all gonna check out this Memphis Bleak. I'm telling you, he dope. You know, like, <laughs> he the next one up. He, he was, he was whack on the last five songs. 
this one gonna be the one. <laughs> just give a chance. This third album gonna work, right? You know, and you know, so so Jamil, I assume you're leaning toward Blueprint. I'm having a hard time with this one because I I haven't heard the Blueprint in a long time. Like, I I don't know if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly. I remember it being a, a really so let's, let's go through the track. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let's go through, through the tracks just so just so we're clear here. All right, hold on one second. Uh, let's see, give me one second. I, I, track, both, I downloaded both on Spotify, but I can't freaking anchor app. Okay, so you have the rules. You were back. able to get Blueprint off Spotify? Uh, no, I still had title. I got rid of. Okay. Well, I've, I've been I made the switch last month because got it podcast like I don't got no pod don't got no podcast. Uh, okay, so you you had the rulers back, you had takeover, then you had Izzo, mm-hmm. then you had girls girls girls, then you had Jigga that nigga, you had you don't know. Oh, I forgot you, you don't know what's on there. Yeah, you don't you don't know what's on there. You had had hola hola. Hola Jovito. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Heart of the City, aka Ain't No Love. You had Never Change. You had Song Cry. You had All I Need. And then you had Renegade. And then you had Blueprint, Mama Loves Me. And then you had two hidden tracks. You had Breathe Easy, mm-hmm. Miracle Exercise. And then you had Girls, Girls, Girls Part Two. That Part Two was so that Part Two was so crazy. Nice. That beat. That beat. Okay. I think i remember it now um at the time i think supreme clientele got more spin than blueprint um i don't know man this is tough tough because i would even i can make the argument that supreme clientele was probably ghost best album it was it was it was so I guess I'm gonna go with. To be fair, I'm gonna go with Supreme Clientele, in that I re- I remember the tracks from Blueprint somewhat vividly, but it's it's through the filter of what I remember it as without having heard it recently. Where Supreme Clientele is fresh in the memory because I just listened to that boy and oh boy, hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Oh, from the very beginning with that nutmeg. Oh man, tell me about it. <laughs> Even Rizzo couldn't mess that up. Oh man, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, nutmeg was dope. Dude, that we made it. Apollo Kids, Cersei, Lego. Yeah, yeah. Supreme clientele is the one. Yeah, yeah. Say that again. The 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 beat with the. It was like scratch. The whole beat was just almost like uh, somebody scratched. Yeah. Oh, what track was that? Oh, that was uh, uh, the grain. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Rizza's, yeah, Riz, even Rizza's verse from from Nutmeg. It wasn't bad. What did he? Say? It just sounded like he got water. What did? Right. What did he say? He said uh, nine inch long, strong Bobby popped the. These songs spit on us, then I bang on my chest like this. Hey, <laughs> oh man, 
and bag me a honey blonde with the with, honey blonde dip with the, with the dip hair, make a nigga flip in his chair, man. And that's just one song. That's just one song. I I, I mean, it go, kind of goes without saying, man. You, I think y'all knew what direction I was gonna go. I, I gotta give the edge to Ghostface Supreme clientele, and and it's it's weird because these songs were these albums were released like ten months apart. And I remember in an interview, Jay-Z saying that Supreme Clientele was the inspiration for him doing Blueprint and kind of going against the grain a bit with his next album. But I, I, I did ha- honestly have a hard time with this one. I had to go back and count up all the tracks from Blueprint and then count up all the tracks from Supreme Clientele that were keepers, in my opinion, to determine the winner. It was that close for me. Yeah. There were 11 songs from Blueprint that are like keepers. You, you just cannot mix those. Supreme Clientele had 13. Close. Um, you know, I'm not counting the skits and all of that. But, you know, Ghost just, I don't know, man. Ghost just gives you so much more to chew on, man. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Jay-Z. But, I mean, bar kind of like, like, you could argue the point over a career and... and you know, particular album, whatever, but bar for bar, I, I would say Ghost is a superior MC. Like Jay is dope, and but it's he gives you kind of up until recently one perspective. Like even the mature Jay Z is still dope boy with money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I, I would I would argue the fact that Jay Z has always kind of um he's always kind of sometimes made business decisions. I guess when it comes to some of his music. Sure, tracks. You know what I mean? Like he, he would, he, he definitely put a couple tracks on there for for the radio or for spins. Yeah, he he, he makes singles, and I, I know I know Wu Tang and none of their members really did that. Never. I mean, like, <laughs> well, Method Man does. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Okay, he did it. But but yeah, apart from apart from Meth, and even Meth, like that's. A, that's kind of why a lot of people didn't like some of his albums, man. Because you would hear Meth featured or hear him on some of these other songs, and then you get his album, it'd be right. you, you. It wouldn't have that like commercial appeal, you know what I mean? Like, right, it'd be, right. It'd be, it'd be gritty, you know what I mean? Back to what he was. So I don't know. Right. I, I feel like that's Jay Z kind of did that. So I, I can see that. I can see the appeal. Like if you're if you're a Wu Tang fan, if you're a Face fan. That would make sense. Yeah, I mean, take nothing away from Jay at all. I think um, he's he's definitely you know one of the greats. And to to your point, Dave, I think that lyrically, I mean, he's admitted it that he could he could have had you know songs with more depth all along, but they, that don't sell. It just doesn't, especially at that time period. Great. I mean, Jay. It's, 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 Go ahead. It's, no, it's almost like what, 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 what Cardi B was saying the other week, man. Like, you kind of got to cater. If you want to make money in the industry, you kind of got to make music people want to listen to. It, you know right. I mean? like, ah, uh, the, people don't, the people don't know what they want. It's uh, <laughs> Wesley Snipes and, uh, uh, what is it, um, Do the Right Thing? Niggas with talent, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's a ton of MCs with bars, man, that, that never sold records because they held. Look at Carly, man. Like, Quali never bent, but you know, like you yeah. can't you can't put him next to some of the other dudes that kind of catered financially. 
I give you I give you a great example, one that's that's super relevant. Lord Jamar. Yeah. From that uh <laughs> Facebook rant from earlier. Yeah. My man, man. yeah, he t- I mean he taking shots, but at the end of the day, man, like he got nothing. Like he really don't have a leg to stand on. Like, yeah, okay, you 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 he making music for other people, but like, what are you doing? Right. And and no disrespect to Lord Jamar, because he's put out some, you know, classic material for right, sure. Right. But it's not it don't it don't sell that way. So if 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 you're strictly talking about from that point of view, then yeah, that's that's what it is. You know, it, it, it oftentimes you have to either you know compromise your artistic point of view to sell, or you just got to be so dope that you're undeniable, and not everybody is able to do that. I feel like Jay Z has kind of walked that line better than better than any any rapper. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe if Big was still alive or Pac, because their careers are cut short. I feel like Jay Z has done. What they were kind of doing better than any other, any other. Maybe Drake, but but I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really view Drake as a pure like a MC. You know what I mean? He's right. More, he's more of yeah. an artist type, pop artist type dude. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, yeah. I, I wouldn't put him in a lane with the other MCs. But no, that, that line you're talking about, Walker, it's, it's different. Because you got Jay Z and you got Ghost, kind of on different spectrum, but they still kind of in the same lane. Yeah, and you could. Sorry, y'all. It's so good. Oh my god. Yeah. Hey, man, don't don't pull Ike out just yet, man. Wait till we wait till we disconnect. If you could only see my face. (laughs) It it adds character to the show. No, I, I was just gonna say, I was just gonna say Jay Z Jay Z makes people feel cool, man, listening to his music. Like back in the day I would see I would gauge Cat's reaction and stuff. You know, everybody kinda could nod their heads to Jay Z and like kick back and kinda enjoy the ride he was taking you on. But then like I would play Ghostface to Cats, like, yo man, check this out. And Cats would just had that like I think I get it face. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> This is too gutter. <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, I guess this is dope. Like, like, you know, they be nodding their heads. It's like I could tell, like, what Ghost was saying. Like, it was gonna take them a while to decipher it, which is cool. Yeah, his his <laughs> metaphors are kind of layered sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but he's just he's a more irreverent MC, and that's that's kind of what I gravitated toward. Like. You know the, the ghost faces, the red mans, you know the rascasses, the cannabises. Mm-hmm. You know it's you know different strokes, different folks. But um, yeah, I, I thought Supreme Clientele was an amazing album. So moving right along, man, we're going to dive right into uh, man. We might have to we might have to forego overrated, underrated to the next show, but. This will take us into our next segment. Uh, we're going to cap off every episode like we always do uh, with what you're bumping, where we invite y'all to share with the audience what you've been bumping uh, for the past week or so, whether it be new or old and something the audience ain't heard before. Got the bump, the bump, the bump, bump, bump. 
We got that bump to bump to bump bump. We got that bump to bump to bump bump. We got that bump to bump to bump bump. We got that bump to bump to bump bump. We got that bump to bump to bump bump. We got that bump to bump to bump bump. So, uh, what's up, you, Jamil? What's been bump? Um, supreme clientele, obviously. Um, that uh, Nas lost tapes too. I will reserve uh, my review on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I was bumping that. Um, I went back and, and finally gave the um that P Rock uh, return to the SP twelve hundred uh, a, a good good listen, which was. A dope, 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 dope album. If you, you know, into instrumentals or whatever. And then um, I went back and listened to. Uh, I was listening to a lot of instrumentals anyway, and uh, I was listening to some Dilla beats. And I ended up going back and, and replaying The Shining again. Oh, okay. Get out. That's it. Other than that, it was mostly podcasts. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, speaking of podcasts, when y'all get a chance, check out the um, latest People's Party podcast with Talib Kweli. He does an interview with T.I. I saw that. I didn't listen to it yet. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. And, like, T.I. gave a very, very eloquent, like, explanation of, like, for the, like, existence of trap music. Okay. And, you know, it made me go, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's dope. Check it out. All right, Dave, man. This week, what you been bumping? Uh, cool kids dropped the EP. Um, Did they? I missed that. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a little three track EP. Educate us immediately. Uh, underwhelming. Oh no. Nah. I mean, if, if the problem is the hype, man. Like, yeah. I've been waiting on new music for them for so long. Like, it's it's almost nothing they can do that's not hype. Right. Um, and then like Greg texts me, he was like, "Yo, cool kids drop." And I'm, I click it. I'm like, "Man, only three songs, man. They, they got me with an EP, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's only three tracks, so it's hard to gauge. Like one of the tracks is dope. The other two are so so. You know is that Black Max too? One of the three tracks? No, no, oh, it's, it's it's three new tracks. Good. Um. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's decent, man. A little, little underwhelming. I was, I was listening to that. I went back and listened to uh, listen to Bank Sale. Uh, you know, I'm to have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you needed that. You needed that palate cleanser. I, I, I needed some, I needed more, man. You can't give me three tracks after after all the anticipation. But um, yeah, I listened to that. Um, I listened to Nas. Uh, I lost tapes too um, And I actually went back And kind of was listening to a lot of his old albums Trying to kind of rank them Gotcha the, uh, that, that Distant Relatives with, uh, with this, yeah, this relative, Oh yeah uh, with, uh, Yeah Excellent project Yes it was Very underrated It was man I, And, and I, It kind of gets left off His His Discography because it's a compilation album, but I feel like that's. It. I mean, it was solid work. Yes, they work really well together. Dude, I mean, and the production matched the vibes they was putting out because Nas already got like a jazz kind of 
vibe to his flow. Right. So I think that the beats kind of work well with them, but um, yeah, that's been, that's been pretty much it, man. And then uh, I was obviously listening to Jay Z and uh, Supreme Clientele. Okay, good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right, so uh, this week, man, I've been bumping. Kind of goes without saying. Um, the Supreme Clientele and the Jay Z, the Blueprint, and preparation for our album Face Off. Uh, I've also been bumping Nas Lost Takes too. Uh, I got some thoughts about that. I, I'm going to share on a later podcast. Um, I've, I've also been I've also been bumping Euro Drew, uh, the album Transportation. He just dropped. Just really been getting into that album. Um, I've also been bumping uh, Donald Byrd, uh, his album um, A New Perspective. Just some, some old school jazz. Actually, not that old. It's from the 70s. I guess guess that's not too old for jazz. Um, and I've also been bumping this other uh, instrumental album called by by this dude named Genova Seven. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of him. Nah. Um, but it's called it's called Dusted Jazz Volume Three. Uh, it's got some decent tracks on there. Uh, some good background music, and that's pretty much it. So, um. As I've stated before, I I, I, I I was planning on going vacation a couple weeks ago, but New Orleans got flooded, so uh, I hit with a with a Category One hurricane, so I had to postpone my vacation. So I will actually be gone next week. <laughs> okay. And hopefully, hopefully, hopefully another hurricane doesn't come, and we will be back in another two weeks uh, after my vacation. Um, just going to spend some time with the wifey and. Um, just kind of take a load off, so to speak. Um, any any closing comments from you gentlemen for tonight? Uh, nah. Oh, Dave, I heard I heard uh, Litmus Test supposed to be dropping August sixth. The new new season, the, the Lost episodes. <laughs> the Lost man, we out here like a detox album, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, man, where the heat at? Where the heat? Oh, yeah, he got the... Well, we recorded some stuff already. Uh, we've been... Actually, it's, it's it's a lot more... It's more on the technical side, because I've been trying to upgrade my stuff, get my mic and stuff right. And then uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to sync it up with some social media stuff. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's that's all it was. It, it just... It took a little while. Like, like... I'm trying to get some of the audio clear. He 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 in the process of like moving to a new spot, so we gonna we gonna, we gonna work it out. But once once he gets set up, we are gonna be able to get a better schedule as far as recording. Okay, okay, cool, cool. I'm looking forward to it, man. He he he. I saw he did a little guest drop on um on on views from back in the class, man. I'm like, man, man. I'm like, man, Greg treat me like a side chick or something, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, out here, out here doing other shows. You know? Well, that's why I've been joining late too, man. Cause I, for, for the for the sake of your audio, man, I, I, I'm sitting here driving and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I totally get it. I get it, man. I I, I appreciate the thoughtfulness, definitely. Um, any any closing uh, comments from you, Jamil? Nah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep it chill this week. <laughs> okay, hey man, hey, hey man, they caught they caught King Gator, man. 
Oh, they got him. They got him, man. They got him, man. Fez came in. He was about to buy NBC, man. <laughs> Fez came in and got him. King Gator. You ain't hear about yeah, King man, Gator? Yeah, man. The, the Humble Park Alligator. Oh, Chance the Snapper? Yeah. yeah they they parading, that, parading that alligator around, man. They got a, a suit or something on them last time I saw. They wild. What? <laughs> they yeah. wild. Like a like a like a suit suit or like a uh, like velour track suit. Nah, <laughs> so, uh, you know whatever they be putting on cats or dogs or whatever. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and a top hat, huh? They, they tripping now. And a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> Turn into a villain. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> All right, man. So, man, I, I thank you, gentlemen, for uh, for, for uh, hopping on tonight um, and, and making the show what it was. Um, we covered some some pretty dope topics, man. And um, you know, I always appreciate the uh, you know the time y'all y'all can share uh, and sacrifice to get on the show uh, and making it what it is. And we will be picking back up in uh, another two weeks, I guess. All right, bro. Cool. All right, then, man. I bid y'all adieu, and we'll uh, we'll catch y'all on the next one. Peace, right. fellas. All right, peace,
I go to my old lady house. Now I tell Susie, throw it out the window. Susie! Don't play with me, mother. Sue!